이모가 애기 시킬 때 사탕을 물리거든요. 오격이 얼마나 달콤한지 가르쳐준다고. 왜 그러세요? 입안이 자꾸 베어. 이 하나가 뾰족한가 봐. throughout this podcast i think it's safe to say that we've given south korean cinema its due two of our first episodes were bong joon ho's parasite and snowpiercer and during our zombie month we talked about yon sang ho's train to busan however one of the most prominent south korean directors park chan wook has gotten little attention from us park chan wook rose to international stardom with the vengeance trilogy in the early 2000s The most famous of the three was Old Boy, which, much like its main character, Odesu, burst onto the scene explosively. Odesu was arrested for public drunkenness, kidnapped, and framed for the murder of his wife. After 15 years, he is released suddenly and tries to hunt down and get vengeance on his unknown captors. After those three psychological thrillers, Park Chan-wook stopped experimenting in that genre for a bit and branched out with the vampire movie Thirst, I'm a Cyborg and That's Okay, and tried English language filmmaking with Stoker. He also served as the producer for Bong Joon-ho, his close friend, on Snowpiercer, with his company Moho working on the production. Park Chan-wook returned to South Korean psychological thrillers in 2014 when he announced his intention to adapt Sarah Waters' crime novel, Fingersmith. Tonight we're going to be talking about that adaptation, Park Chan-wook's 2016 psychological thriller, The Handmaiden. Of course it's June, which means that it's Pride Month, and every movie we're going to be covering has LGBTQ themes. The Handmaiden is an adaptation of Fingersmith, which was written by Welsh novelist Sarah Waters, who put queer and lesbian themes into her Victorian-era novels. Fingersmith is a novel about a lesbian affair between a pickpocket and a Victorian-era lady. Sue, the orphan pickpocket, is trying to help scam Maud Lily into marrying gentlemen so they can steal her fortune. 우리 나리만이면 세상 부자 중에서 죄의 서체가 사랑하는 분이시오. 세상의 서체가 여가 중에 제일 부자시고. 중독배도 연줄이 있어서 전기까지 끌어다 쓰는데 이런 데게 왔으니. Park Chan-wook took the Victorian novel and transported it to the 1930s with Korea suffering under Japanese imperial occupation right before World War II. Two young actresses, Kim Min-hee, who was discovered among 1,500 auditions, and Kim Tae-ri, who was in Korean commercials, play Lady Haidaku and Suki. One thing I thought was funny is the character Sue in Fingersmith gets called Suki as a pet name, so for Park Chan-wook to keep that is a cute touch. England, although no longer the setting, is not stripped out of the story either. The Japanese, in their drive to be taken seriously as an imperialist power, fetishize German and English culture. Likewise, many Korean collaborators fetishize Japanese culture, and The House and the Handmaiden brilliantly shows that, being both Japanese and English in design. The Handmaiden is known for his erotic scenes, which depict the lesbian affair in vivid detail. Lady Haidako is stuck living with her cruel book-collecting uncle, who married her Japanese mother and then died, leaving her a fortune. A con man, who is going by the sobriquet Count Fujiwara, plots to steal her fortune before her uncle can by marrying her and eloping. He ropes Suki into that plan having her pretend to be a new maid for Lady Hadaku. Pornography plays a huge role in this movie. The books, which Hadaku's uncle collects and forces her to help him prepare to read, are pornographic. Erotica. 
and I would definitely argue that the scenes between the two lovers are a visceral echo of that obsession. This will definitely be an interesting film for us to discuss as the first entry into our Pride Month watch-through. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, host of Britonic Reversal, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, you can find her streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics, and she is organizing our Big Gay June Extravaganza. Matt Strachbian, a.k.a. The Letter Hack. You can find his art at The Letter Hack on Twitter or Friends of Strachbian on Instagram. I, of course, am your pickpocketing host, Japanese nobleman, and definitely not conning you out of a fortune, Count Forrest Miller. Without further ado, it's Big Gay June. I feel like when all, when all the brands like go with the rainbow flags, I feel like yeah, that's, no, that's what, what we've is, done. This was, this <laughs> our logo. I did, I did the same thing to our logo. Yeah, I saw, that I saw. That I saw. Yeah. I have to do a little Mia Culpa. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I mixed up, I mixed up uh, Kim, Kim and he uh, had a career like before this movie. Kim mm-hmm. Tae-ri did not and was discovered among 1,500. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I mixed up their names in the, in the intro. We regret the error. <laughs> Well, I knew this was going to be like, um, actually, um, yeah, like, snap correction. There's a bunch of videos that are like, uh, Kim Tae-ri, um, t- talks about how big a fan she is of Kim and he's work. And I was like, ah, fuck. I know I mixed those two up and, and got it, got it twisted. Because <laughs> our well, audience is very concerned about this stuff. I get what? weird comments sometimes. Somebody, like, yeah. Some people the, are. There's a, on the Sam Cedar episode, we got one name wrong and somebody found that in the two and a half hour episode and was like, actually, this is the name you were looking for. And it was uh, like a similar name. And I was like, all right, well, it's a similar name, but what am I going to, that's yeah. why I don't respond to a lot of the comments. That people leave. The, the, the correct, the correct answer to that is let's hear your show. Cocksocket. But anyway, uh, well, Matt, I, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I, I just want to say again, that, intro theme song is so good like i'll listen to that before my live stream just to get like pumped up because yeah. it's got one of those like you know i love seeing rocky run across the screen for yeah one, that's what i was it, gonna say it gets you it gets you hyped with the rocky but one. it's that's like that driving kind of song where it's just like building and building and then the, it's great that's a good one 
Well, thank well you very done. much. That makes yeah. me feel you're, you're you're doing great. You're buttering up one of the hosts. Ah. It's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> the, the, one you need to, the one that needs the most buttering up too. Like I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't expect that. Well, I don't expect the buttering up. I don't know. Like, yeah. well, it's really well researched opening as well. Like that that has got to take time, right? Yeah. Like that's not something that you just do a few minutes before you go live. Like you you work yeah, on I usually that. Do right? it. I, well, since we've been doing a week in between episodes, I usually do it like a few days before. But this one took less time than like uh, a lot of them have because I kept it. Some of them are like joicy and epics. I mean, they're yeah. like, there's a lot to cover, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well done. I, I, uh, I, if you want to get the triumvir, you can also compliment Andy's art. But I don't know if there's like a like a. <laughs> this is the beef. thing. Like they're I have beef. to be careful there because I will go off. Like that guy is one of my favorites like i love everything that andy does he is he Aww. is a genuine like it's like i, I run the risk of being starstruck Aww. i don't want to i don't want to freeze up but like yeah, his so stuff like and there was one in particular like he did like a pulp fiction spoof one time and i was dying and it was it was about rachel maddow do you remember this Oh. I don't. It's not fresh in my brain. I just know that that was one of my favorites. Oh, I, I think I, I think I remember this one. Uh, so okay. I remember you did the Pulp Fiction one, and they're in the car, and yeah. they're like, "What do you call a Michael Brooks oh, show?" Oh yeah, and, yeah, for for Ben, <laughs> yeah. like a while back. Yeah, yeah. I was dying. That was this is like when people talk about really obscure parts of my back catalog. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? What are you talking about? Oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that ago. one. It was like I, four I, just, years I remember ago. that one because it was the first Andy art that I saw that was like specifically for give them an argument. I'm pretty sure it was. And so I remember, good. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was like, <laughs> what I do you call that. a Michael Brooks show in France? Like, oh well, that was a Michael Brooks show, but you know, we just call that uh, like lay Michael Brooks. <laughs> That's why if if he and I were gonna have an a uh, draw off or an Still, art terrible off, idea, nobody's gonna have for that, to like be seated <laughs> in an arena. It would have to be. Like, <laughs> cool. I'd have to like prep. <laughs> 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 the Star Trek fight music starts going. Yeah, I'm not. By the way, uh, Matt, I'm going with I'm going with this for uh, for the the. Uh, oh, nice! The yeah, logo. there you go. There you go. <laughs> I am. Hey, uh, so first of all, I can't believe that uh, Big Gay June stuck. I did not expect that, uh, but. <laughs> I kept for messaging that extravaganza, but when I when I was booking, like there was a couple of people that I was trying to book, and I kept being like, "Look, it's called Big Gay June. I think we're gonna workshop it." Yeah, yeah. I, I did not. I in no way, shape, or form thought that was gonna be a final title, and I still am not convinced. But I mean, it doesn't make me laugh every time. But you know, <laughs> it's Big Gay. It's like Big Gay June. Yay, it's like it's like a really. It's like one of those brands that gets really heavy handed about their like uh, <laughs> whatever. But like right. this, this isn't Target this month. This is Target. And, uh, <laughs> is that a thing? That, is that real? Is that a thing they did, or is that a joke? No, oh, they're, they're taking Tar-Jay. down their pride month displays. Yeah. Well, Targay, I heard of, but Targay, yeah, I have not. I, I, I was trying to think of one off the top of my head. That, that was pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. That's 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 a good one. <laughs> uh, hey, kicking off in the handmaiden though, uh, I think is good because not the least of which is a kick-ass movie. But uh, this is uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of different kinds of movies that we're going to be covering. I love Park Chan-wook. I love that Park Chan-wook became known for a certain type of movie, which is to say these like violent revenge movies, and then decided to like, yeah, I've pretty much done what I can do for that. So I'm going to do other stuff now. And uh, in, in that same way, Decision to Leave, which is basically like his Vertigo uh, that came out last year, also incredible and different from The Handmaiden, different from Stoker, different from all these other films. He's just a really talented filmmaker. I'm actually kind of surprised it's taken this long to get to... Uh, any of his stuff because it's all pretty. I, I think we um we we had a couple of his, of his movies that were like in the like 
on the list, you know, the, the list yeah. that, that, that we go through. We've never got around to it. But I think that uh, apropos of nothing, first of all, uh, this is a, a just a, a egregiously horny movie, of course. I, that's, I, I think that must be said. Yeah. Um, but it's a really great film, and it makes you think about you know things like uh, like the Rashomon effect and stuff like that. I, I I just have to take it on faith that people that are going to be watching or listening to this episode have seen the film and are, and don't expect that we can. I, there's no way to discuss this without spoilers. But this does like one of the rare like double head fakes. Yeah, the only and, way and lands it without uh, spoilers is to do a three. You'd have to do each the three uh, parts. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, like, like everybody, everybody needs to turn this off. Then, then you know, part two yeah. or something. You know, you're like, look, there's some spoilers in part two. You'd be like, yeah, in part three. But the book is also designed in that exact same uh, format. I read half of Fingersmith. It's a really fucking long book, so I didn't. But um, it's kind of designed in the same three chapter format where it's like, you know, part one. Is, yeah. Uh, up it's, until it's, she gets, you know, taken to the. So that's the first big fake. And then um, you reexamine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like that's so one thing I love about this so much is that it's about kind of deception and perception both at the same time. Yeah. And well, uh, I visibly because I hadn't gotten to that point in the book. Um, and then I was watching the movie, uh, well, you know, the day after read. we got back from. Uh, you know our books, big, our big uh, Catterwall, <laughs> our big cat. Well, they don't like books in here. They they, they destroy pictures? that whole library and stuff. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, very, very. Um, but uh, yeah. So I I visibly went <gasps> like, <laughs> and then when you know that first twist, I was like, oh fuck! And then the second was happened. And I was You're like, like, oh, my oh God, yeah. Up. Whoa! <laughs> it's like uh, you know that Avengers me that was going around. Like it's like oh, it's like the crossover you didn't expect or whatever. Like, Whoa! Right. They're they're te- they're 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 teaming up to like get back at the at the men. Like that's that's not that's a double. Well, and, and when this came out, and since I'm the Park Chan Wook fan, all I heard about it was just how brashly horny it was. That's it. And I was like, look, that's like that's like the number five thing uh, like that I would, I would say about this. Now, Grant is notable. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, it's like bound, you know, bound is also very horny, but also a fantastic crime film. (laughs) Kanye West music video where, uh, where, you know, he's, she's on the back of the motorcycle. (laughs) But it also is like, and and Forrest, you kind of—I'm sure you want to kind of speak to this a little bit too. But it it tells a really interesting tale about you know the timeline where it's the occupation of Korea and these comfort women and like this this like real interesting part of history that honestly Western audiences don't know that much about. And I think that that's you know that's to me just just as fascinating, if not more so. And and uh, I'm curious, Matt. Matt, you hadn't actually seen this before, right? You hadn't. Oh, I had this one. I had. In 2016. Like when it came out. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. The one thing. So at the time that I saw it originally, I did not realize it was based on a book and I did not. I didn't either. I I didn't know that it was um, that there was a change to make it um, not Victorian. Right. I I, I thought it was an original movie. So I'm glad, though, because I am so burnt out on British Victorian era (laughs) stuff, mainly because I. I can't ever tell how much of it is fictionalized and how much of it is real. It's like it's like mm. when you watch an American Western, you're like, yeah, I know this isn't how it was, right? It wasn't that clean. They did It wasn't like gunfights in the streets and stuff. I know that's Yeehaw. all BS. Well, and, exactly. and it, it came out, uh, the book came out in like 2002, which there was a lot of, I mean, you know, most yeah. of it would be like the Da Vinci Code, but there was a lot of like revisionist novels. I feel like that was like a popular thing where it's yeah. like, 
set oh, yeah. in like historical things and people just keep making up stuff about the historical things i mean i guess this has been taken to like it's zenith with uh quentin tarantino just like killing hitler and fucking <laughs> inglorious bastards like, i don't know i don't know that i ever <laughs> saw anything in this period for korea like no it's, oh, it's, it's not it's, sure I, it's okay fresh have you not seen uh uh the good bad the weird I feel like that's this show. Which is the bad? Yeah. I never said who was who. I'm the good. <laughs> but, but basically, it's like uh, if somebody took like uh, the good, bad, the ugly and mashed it up with Jackie Chan and set it in this same peri time period in Korea. And, and you got you got yourself a movie. I against. think I did see that. I, it's I definitely worth I, watching if you have. You, you don't have you don't have to humor him. It's okay. This came out around the same time as Kung Fu Hustle, right? Uh, I think a little after, but yeah, yeah, roughly. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I, re I seem to remember a Gatling gun or something. Yeah, anyway. there was a Gatling gun in it. Okay, yeah. Uh, there was train yeah. robberies. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know this. Yeah, that was great. Very stylized. Of, that's the only other movie I could think of that was set in this period in Korea that I've seen. Mm. Every time mm. I think of Kung Fu, I just think of everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Yeah, exactly. it came out. It came out on my birthday, December tenth. That, that, I actually, it was funny last night. We were we were trying to get my my community guest songs. Just listen to a few seconds, and one person was like getting them all, and then everyone was like, "How do you know these songs?" And I'm like, "You guys grew up in the '70s, and you don't know half of these songs." Because they were listening to songs from the '50s. Or Probably. The 40s, I should have started with the '50s. But I, you know what, it's, and the other thing that I want to say about this movie, just right off, is that, and because I've read critiques about how, like, oh, well, the the um, sex scenes were very pornographic. They didn't do anything you wouldn't see in a porno film, and I just did not feel That's that not way. That's not true at all. No, no, I mean, I, it, no films are not artfully, that artfully shot. Exactly. Like, even out of the context of the movie, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is, you know, um, this I mean, is, you like, might, you might, internet you fodder or something like that. You might see a lot of those scenes like on Pornhub just because it's like, ooh, a movie with mm -hmm. with some graphic sex scenes. Ooh, and I'm like, well, that's. So I feel like I feel like it's, I I feel like it's, it's cheating just... when they use scenes from a movie and they put yeah. it on, on like Pornhub and they're like, here's support for you. It's like I know where that's from. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I saw that in the theater. That's funny. But, but also um, like it's it's done artfully, right? Like some of those yeah. shots, some of those shots are actually very hilarious. Like I mean, not yeah. like in the just as like on on their own like it's not meant certain to be... points of view like, yeah it's well, not meant to be a camera right now you know well right and and um so the way that it was shot <clears throat> park chan wook made all the men get out of the room it was actually shot very artfully so he made all the men get out of the room right. including harvey weinstein would and... never do that <laughs> and he used so he used a remote camera so the it's camera was actually operating on its own um in in the room with these you know with with two young actresses one of which was a pretty um you know, I mean, a pretty well-established actress, as yeah, I did the Mia Pretty, pretty uh, yeah, exactly. Pretty well-known <laughs> in her field. Right? But uh, Kim Tae-Ray um, was, you know, a, a brand new actress that they just found for this movie out of, you know, all these auditions and was kind of going along with stuff. And he didn't want to make it awkward for her. So he kind of had his... Um, <laughs> So he had Oh check this uh, out. This is this is a visual gag, but I wasn't spooky. thinking about this. I'm, I'm drinking ghost seltzer. Sorry. Uh please continue. We're uh we're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be kicked yeah. off of Twitch now with their new advertising guidelines. Yeah. Dude, if we got polar as a sponsor, I would be pumped. Okay, I'll see what pumped. I can do. Sick. Anyway. He's right down the street from me. That's right. This is oh. brought to you by Ghost Polar Seltzer, the best seltzer that's undead. You know what? Brought to you by Polar Cells. 
Heard of this obscure brand? Is that their new slogan? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Is that like uh, the Kissinger slogan? He's like Coca Cola. Suck my dick. <laughs> Sorry, what, but, were you, um, what were you continuing before I accidentally I, did a visual? I, I was actually going to go back to 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 what we were talking about to say that uh, oh, Park Chan Wook approached this, <laughs> the scenes much like how Rob Rodriguez did in uh, Desperado, right. where, where he tried to you know uh, you know they didn't have all the automatic equipment that they have now. Um, so so uh, you know Rob Rodriguez just had the 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 the, the absolute minimum of people to film that that sequence with Selma Hayek because. Yeah. This was the first time she ever uh, did a love scene in, in a film. So, right. uh, you know, it was kind of a big deal. And he, he wanted to make her as comfortable as possible. And that was his his goal for, for the whole thing. So uh, I, I appreciate the fact that Park Chan-wook also did something similar. I don't think By the way, I like when I, when I press the comments, you see the uh, the dream of the, the fisherman's wife okay. behind us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the background. What's that, Christina? I think a lot of people are saying, like, everyone's like, oh, sexy. It must be so much fun to film. And I'm like, no, they're not. Like, I remember, Sounds I don't know if you guys remember the film Unfaithful <laughs> with Diane Lane and Olivia Martinez, which is based on The Unfaithful Wife, which was a French film. And yeah. she's like, you know. It's about being unfaithful, that one, right? Literally. Um, love it, though. Those, <laughs> but, like, those fucking you know, French. They're always so goddamn unfaithful. They had to, like, set the mood. <laughs> bring like yeah. make like the set very steamy like do all these different things just to get the actors comfortable but i'm like it doesn't seem like that it's sounds like... like the air today very yes. steamy. And, and i got you... i got an apple news alert about that right for air uh, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> all right. you think it's but embarrassing like... like if the director's like cut cut this is terrible you guys are not doing it oh right. yeah like, no 100 like, <laughs> i mean here let me show you how to do it <laughs> some films actually do look like real sex scenes Move and, over. and and they get uh, debuted at, at the Cannes Film Festival. And it gets a whole like big ordeal, and mm. and I'm like, some director. Well, that was do that was the whole thing they made fun of in uh, Disaster Artist with the room. Yeah. Tommy yeah. Wiseau put the fucking because they do the sock or whatever, you know, the, the the intimacy sock or whatever, and he put it over, and he was like, "I do a real sex scene for you right now," and like <laughs> he was directing his own like highly uncomfortable sex scene. <laughs> yeah. like it, it, it's, it's just you know a lot you know it, it's almost as if you know people assume that those like more like foreign films you know there's not as much censors so the scenes could be a bit more like graphic more detailed than like an american films because we're so like conservative but yet we're kind of like perverts in private but i'm just like you right. know like the uh, like the uncle in this film. <laughs> I was gonna say, just like yeah, all those wow. dudes dressing up to go hear erotic stories and go and tug at their co- collars. Yeah, as they all dress up in their finest to go, you know, have erections too. Thank you. Anyway, yeah. uh, was that a real thing? Burlesque readings? Was that? Does anyone know? Is that there's, there's things called live sex shows? Like, yeah, probably. Well, hmm. yeah, but well, I guess it's one thing reading. if. But yeah, it's just like well, I, but I guess like it's a hot chick doing it, right? Okay, yeah. Cool. And, yeah. and the other thing too is like like uh, we we got to remember too, just just like uh, this art, you know, uh, this this uh, stuff that they're reading was the first time like it was art for the masses, uh, it, with the and uh, that period of Japan where where he's kind of collecting mm. a lot of the stuff from. Uh, it was it was uh, the Edo period where it was kind of like the beginning of uh, the middle class in Japan, uh, where there actually was like a. Um, uh, and, and the middle class had access to the arts uh, through uh, prints and whatnot. Uh, and, and so, like, uh, this was like, uh, you know, and yeah, so so things got really lewd because they sold well. And then, of course, uh, there were three times in the Edo period where the uh, Shogun 
banned uh, uh, what they called Shunga, which is basically, you know, porn. Um, and uh, it was their uh, version of Cinemax. Basically, yes. <laughs> and well, and uh, whenever they got banned, the things got weird too in the in the, uh, the shunga that, that was being produced because like now it's like oh it's risque yeah we're gonna we're gonna draw dogs and, and women banging, and, and that was like when you're trying to watch Cinemax when it was scrambled and you're like oh, oh yes. I think I see a nipple yeah, yeah. so that's why so I don't understand are... why HBO Max became Max and I'm like you guys are really just asking for especially with yeah, the idol game meeting now yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the 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 you know the the dream of the fisherman's wife uh, book is obviously Japanese from that period. The um, the ants reading from um, the plum in the golden vase, which is a the late Ming Dynasty um, book of letters, like love letters or whatever. So they, like a lot of the stuff I think in this movie is, comes from a lot of different cultures, which makes sense for for the time and for like colonial Japan. Like I, I found it kind of fascinating that the house. They were like, oh, this is the one house in the, you know, in the whole uh, East Asian region or whatever that's like both um, like a British, like half British design and half um, Japanese design. Like each each half of the house is like a, a different thing because this guy is seeing himself as um, someone who's cultivating. I mean, even though he's Korean and he thinks that, you know, Korea is like a degraded country, um, he's trying to cultivate this image as being both Japanese and English at the same time, which are you know, the two great colonial powers in this era. He's aspirationally trying to uh, kind of uh, shine himself into the those more prestigious cultures. Uh, it, it has a lot of resonance with something like Get Out, I think, right? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> which came out, I think, a year after this. I think it was 2017. But, like, it, it's the same kind of resonance of, number one, you know, the weird uh, – all the like like high class people sitting around and like you know bidding on people which they did the same kind of bidding yeah. war in this but also you know the the dream of like being japanese and embodying that as a different um kind of person as a different ethnicity which you know in america we don't necessarily think of that these things as vastly different but like they definitely do in asia well for sure and and the politics of it are really screwed up like there's definitely like echelons you know, like basically to to make a long story short, everyone looks down on the Koreans. Yeah. Like there there's all these like internecine, um, you know, this one doesn't like that one, you know, the you know, these guys think they're the best at this, you know, but everyone just like Koreans are considered like bottom of the food chain for uh, in Asia. And and therefore we're literally like the women were taken as chattel and, and as as, you know, comfort women. And um so just this year, uh back in um March, they finally re like reached an agreement between Japan and uh, <laughs> and, and and South Korea, where finally, um, you know, they're they're trying to handle the issue of comfort women from this time period because they're trying to like uh, build their relations up to you know fight against China because now China is the great power yeah. that they're yeah. all trying to you know go up against. But a lot of people in South Korea still really hate the Japanese for you know torturing them, uh, you know, like the, generational crimes against yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, but Japan, for good reason. Which, which still has you know their conservative um, Shinzo Abe uh, you know inspired government, I guess, refused to pay them any money. So the South Korean government yeah. now has to pay its own citizens as of this year for um, you know the sex slavery mm -hmm. that uh, Korean women were, were sold into and killed in mass. Wow. Well, and so yeah, one of the many things I love about The Handmaiden is that this it's a big part of the storyline. It's not the main storyline. It's just like a, like right. a this is water kind of thing. This is just like where this is all taking place because the whole thing of it being like okay, you know, people are uh, trying to uh, like the count, if you will, uh, is trying to you know such as he is. One, two, three. <laughs> 
There it is. There it is. It's, it's like aspirationally, you know, trying to like run a grift, right? He's trying to like, you know, uh, to it, it, it's sort of the the fu got mine of its time, um, where uh, it, that there's a lot of that, and that's happening in different ways. The thing also to to note about the house is, I mean, he's basically a collaborator. Right with it. I mean, like, yeah. you know, like the, the no, entire is, house. That's exactly where what he is. And there's the, the moment where they talk to, um, you know, they're, they're in the house where it's the, the actual like criminals that are like, yeah. you know, supposedly the bottom of the food chain. Right. But the first thing the guy says is like fucking bastard. But I mean, he stutters it and I don't want to mock, you know, do his stutter. But um, but, you know, th- there's like this anger towards someone who's at the, you know, the highest point of uh, Korean society, but is this collaborator yeah. with the Imperial Japanese. And because he's no longer welcome in Korean society at all, because, you know, he's a fucking traitor um he he's he's trying to embody this thing where the people in japan will never you know they're always gonna look down on him they're never in a yeah. like in, in his children's grandchildren's grandchildren would never be looked upon as an equal ever because that's how far like, back this goes yeah they see him like almost like the way that you know americans would see like mexicans or something in the yeah. uh you know in, in the 1800s but 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 even but it, it, again it, it go, it, i can't emphasize this enough even more so like yeah. it's like, and because we're talking about, we're not talking about hundreds of years. We're talking about thousands of mm. years of discrimination, right? And, and so you have this, uh, you know, Japanese woman that they, he's trying to bilk out of the inheritance. That's you know the the first layer of the onion, <laughs> and it's sort of like you know seen as like almost like well, yeah, it's selfish, but like you know uh, I'm, I'm going to do this because this uh, this is they have it all, et cetera, et cetera. And then yeah, what I what I love it is it's just there's so many. There's so many plot twists with it that like make you re-examine the character's motivations, right? Like the whole thing about uh, and again, I don't know why you're watching or listening to this if you are worried <laughs> about spoilers, but like the wrong person getting like put into the asylum, right? Like that's such a like oh my god, that's crazy because it's sort of like oh yeah, that's pretty much a death sentence. That you know? that yeah. in itself is insane. That that would it, be enough. That always <laughs> blows me away that somebody can just have somebody committed it. And there was a lot of this, like, it's funny because there was a lot of slapping in the movie. And and it just (laughs) felt like there was one slap in the face after another, like, metaphorically speaking, right? But, like, the ability, like, there were, people were holding their own ability over other people as, as like, a power move, right? Like, the ability to read, the ability to speak or read other languages, um, sex right um literally slapping but and then just being able to say like this person needs to be in an asylum and they're like okay that sounds good well there's so many there's so many layers of it because the movie is both in korean and japanese and you know you're getting that's why i like the subtitles yeah white and yellow subtitles to let you know which which, language that was great i I gotta say like like uh i watched a jackie chan movie set this time period where where, you know it's supposed to be uh china uh you know when japan uh took it over and uh it was really hard to follow because like there's this joke about them not quite uh communicating and like i'm not hearing it there's no separation of the subtitles and like like i had a hard time following this this (laughs) this weird esoteric joke in this um or, or you know uh Jackie Chan film, and like the, the moment that thing came up on the screen, I'm just like, man, that is brilliant right there because it yeah. said right at the very beginning, you know, uh, Japanese yeah. is in yellow, Koreans in white, and I'm just like, all right, I, uh, I'm with you. I sub- I subjected <laughs> myself to those 365 days films on oh. Netflix that became a hit during the pandemic, 
And of course, he's Italian, she's Polish, but there's also some like English. Do they have subtitles for them too? They do, but you couldn't really tell who was, you know, again, there was no difference. You know, it's like, you know, it was all, you know, just like white subtitles. You gotta look at, you gotta look at the hands. Oh! And then the other ones. (laughs) God, that 20 minute sex scene. One one person's hands are like this, the other person's hands are like that. (laughs) Oh, God. Yikes. Um, okay. Anyway, moving on from that. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so no, but 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 it's important to note because because even like a, a Japanese child is considered to be of greater social stature than adult Korean, right? Yeah. And, and that and that's something that like this movie gets across without it being like here's the main thing of this movie is it's about this crazy time in history where uh, you know this entire culture was subjugated by this other culture and these uh, like it's just there. It's just there, and I think I think it gets a point across better than something you know very like didactically uh, going over things in and like here's the here's what it looked like and here's the horrible things they're forced to. No, you just you're shown through the course of this story mm-hmm. how they're forced to live. And it's very it's very notable. I think that uh, Japanese like Japan was very much a uh, an aspirant imperial power. Like yes. they were not within the imperial core whatsoever. Um, you know, which is another board. like social strata thing, right? Like yeah. they want, and they wanted to be like on the big players on the board. <laughs> and and at, and at this point, uh, you know, Britain's the biggest imperial power, and they're kind of taking a lot of the stuff from kind of the mouth of the Japanese. They've done a lot of like unfair treaties with the Japanese. Um, they right. have a large portion of you know the Korean. Like it's not just Japan that's taken over Korea. They've kind of let Japan um, have this imperial hold over Korea. Uh, at the same, we time, talked you know, about this. Remember, we talked about this in Seventh Samurai. Right, well, and yeah. Mishima too, of course, but like, yeah, about like uh, Kurosawa's whole thing uh, with that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to take out track, but like, there, there's a through line through all of it that like some of these great works of art are meant to be contemplative um, pieces on like the national mood and and, and the things that have happened within uh, the culture at that time. And um, you know, I, and I and I think that like there's a lot of throwaway lines in this that kind of um, establishes that really well. Mm-hmm. One of them is uh, Count Fujiwara's character um, claims that you know he was uh, he w- he was educated in Britain, and this guy you know who's he's conning, who's trying to be Japanese. He's like, oh, you don't know about Britain? Like in Britain, you know, <laughs> every every young woman is expected to know how to paint, and his his scam to get in with hers to be like like you know he's kind of flexing on him. Uh, he's kind of flexing on the uncle, even though he's supposed to be in this kind of supporting role as the guy that's kind of just helping him with his book, um, being like, oh, well, you know, in Britain, which, you know, is the big thing that, you know, more than anything else, because you can't, like, make yourself into a British uh, nobleman, you know what I mean? Like, you can only kind of try to get up the rung to, like, a Japanese nobleman or whatever, and they still don't have any respect, just like Britain doesn't have any respect for uh, Japan whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. So, it's all It's all, like, tears on a ladder, man, or rungs on a ladder, hmm. sorry. Uh, this is this is Park Chan Wook though talking about um, why he changed it to uh, Korea under Japanese rule. World Boy 때와 똑같이 임승용 프로듀서가 피거스미스 번역본을 나한테 들고 왔습니다. 그 소설을 읽기 시작한 지 얼마 되지도 않아서 한여가 아가씨의 뾰족한 이빨을 은골무로 갈아주는 장면을 읽을 때 이미 아 이것을 영화로 보고 싶다 이 장면을 그런 생각을 결심을 했던 것입니다. 그런데 어 결심을 하고 나서 알아보니까 이미 BBC에서 그것을 드라마로 만들어서 발표를 했더라고요. 그래서 이건 좀 김이 새는 걸 하는 생각이 들었어요. 
그런 다음에는 결국 뭐 우리는 다 한국 사람들이니까 어, 영국이 아니라면 한국으로 옮긴다는 생각을 했던 건 자연스러운 결과죠. 그런데 에, 그런 귀족 아가씨와 하녀라는 그런 신분 제도가 아직도 남아있으면서도 어, 정신병원이라는 그런 서양에서 비롯된 그런 기관이 또 이미 생겨있는 그런 시대, 그 공존하는 시대를 찾다 보니 그때밖에 없었어요. 예, 식민지배 상황에서의 이야기로 바꾼 것은 어, 두 사람, 두 여자 주인공 사이의 사랑에 있어서 그것이 하나의 커다란 장벽으로 작동할 수 있기 때문이었죠. 원작 소설에서의 어, 신분의 격차의 한, 한 겹의 그 장벽이 더 생기는 셈이니까요. 그러니까 이런 식민지 상황이라고 하는 것은 어, 결국 두 주인공의 사랑을 위해서 이제 극복되어야 할 장벽으로서 기능하는 것이고 또 다른 측면으로는 한반도의 근대성이라는 것이 어떻게 이식되었는가 어떻게 시작되었는가 하는 문제를 나름대로 좀 들여다보려는 그런 시도이기도 했습니다. 아, 근대성이라고 하는 것은 제국주의 일본에 의해서 강제로 한국에 심겨진 것이고 또 서양에서 온 문명, 과학과 기술 이런 것들은 일본을 통해서 조금 변형된 형태로 역시 한국에 이식된 것입니다. Yeah, it's just like almost complete subjugation of the culture that came before it. You know, it was like, oh, that's not important. That's just like what you primitives were up to. Yeah, nobody cares about that. And um, something you know, something that I was uh, I was listening to blowback like the the podcast that uh, you know one of the old producers of Chapo and um, you know that they do on like different you know eras of U.S. history that's had blowback. So I was listening to their Korean War series, and uh, there was a lot of like praise in the West. Um, about you know japanese imperialism and uh you know the way that they were transferring modernism and uh, a modern state and kind of forcing a yeah. bureaucracy into korea which at the time still had a king like they had a royal family you know that, that was in there and the king was constantly trying to make deals with these other powers like oh well you know if, if i get to stay in power i'll give you you know oil rights i'll give you gas rights you right. can have this and kind of selling off all of his assets to um these other colonial powers and the japanese kind of centralized that and uh, kind of forced forced them to have this new like modern bureaucracy pretty much which is what Jap like Japan had too uh, with the Mishi restoration um you know around this this uh, like not around this time but like you know 50 years before this yeah it's always like oh yeah you guys want to be modern right why wouldn't you here it is yeah. you know it's just like there yeah, you rubes so arrogant yeah, yeah just <laughs> it's it's all part of global domination but at the same time, they kind of uh, let it happen in some ways. Some of this movie is about local domination, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like in, in some ways, they also kind of let it happen because 
uh, part of it was that everybody was so impoverished in the system that nobody had shit to start with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of the Japanese domination, you know, there's always like the, the carrot and the stick, right? And the carrot is like, well, you know, at least you kind of have more money and like we're, we're kind of taking the wealth out of your country through wealth extraction. But like at least now you have an industry of some kind and at least you're modernizing and you're becoming an industrial state and becoming, you know, overdeveloped. But at the same time, yeah. uh, if you don't do that, it's like, well, we're going to sell all of you into fucking literal slavery and we're going to fucking torture you. And you get like, you know, each finger chopped off and it's uh, it's pretty pretty like medieval displays of brutality that uh in all in all these colonial powers i'm not just talking it, about absolutely yeah. but for specifically it is the, that's the backdrop it's the setting for all of yeah. this but it, but it's not the raison d'etre of it and that's no. that's one of the reasons why the story works so well because mm-hmm. yeah. it's sort of like it's just it's in the air in the miasma if you will. but it's also yeah. i mean it's ballsy to uh set it there i think because all this stuff is still very much um especially 2016 all this stuff is right. very much still uh you know yeah it's not like culturally settled or anything it's like oh good yeah. that's that's long in the past you know like the 1930s is probably i mean you know if, if your family lives long enough at least that's probably like your grandparents like that's yeah. the yeah. age of your grandparents like this is not a uh this, I mean, that's this is not memory. something that's like that's like oh wow like you know all these generations ago like no that's like that's three generations like th- this this was happening and then you know generations of fucking americans kind of basically taking over the Japanese imperial uh, apparatus and kind of doing the same thing for, you know, your parents' generation. I, I mean, just to keep things in perspective, I knew somebody who knew a slave, like, like uh, she, it was uh, her grandfather. Um, and and uh, so, so like, you know, it, the history isn't that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, I always say my father-in-law is the same age as Superman. He was born in 1938. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, you know what, despite all of like, cause there's some darkness in this movie and it's, it's the violence and torture and, and, um, which is pretty light for compared to most, some of Park Chan-wook's movies, but yeah, well, it's definitely yes. there. <laughs> but, but like, it was really fun to watch. Like none yes. of that stuff. Every now and then I was like, oh, this is horrible. But it was at no time, at, at no time did I want to turn it off. You know it, I mean? it keeps you it keeps you moving along with the story, which again is so engaging. And just when you you're like, okay, cool, like I think I got this, it just it flips the entire table yeah. over. And you're like, I, oh I'm wait, glad what? You mentioned uh, Rashomon, right? Mm-hmm. The Kurosawa movie yep. where it gives you different perspectives from different um, different characters telling the story, exactly. and and that's fun. And I think I, I wonder if I was kept waiting for the director to say that that was one of the things that drew him to the project, right? Because that is so fun to do, right? To like yeah. build in a twist and then build in the other twists, right? And you know, and, those last 45 minutes wasn't quite what you thought it was, right? Exactly. <laughs> but also, it's like a beautiful movie to watch. Like, I saw oh, yeah. a whole interview or, or read an interview with the guy who color corrected the film, and I kept hoping I, I did a little bit of research trying to find out if if the specific colors red or uh green blue and yellow were intentional or if it just ended up that way mm. but like it those three colors were central to the to the entire like if you look there's always blue there's always green there's always yellow and they're totally isolated it's really unique it reminded me yeah. of those um you know uh old japanese paintings well, and then they, they really leaned into it with the post art and everything, too. I mean, so, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's interesting, too, about the, uh, the Japanese paintings with the uh, blue uh, color in particular, that uh, that color blue was not native to uh, Japan. 
It was imported from the only European country that Japan was uh, trading with uh, dur during the Edo period, which was uh, uh, the Netherlands. Uh, and it was known uh, in. I did not expect that to be the. <laughs> to be... I mean, like indigo. <laughs> yeah, they, they called it actually uh, Berlin, uh, Berlin blue in uh, Japan, but I think it's known as um, uh, Prussian blue uh, outside of Japan. Oh. That's yeah, not even the same. <laughs> They're not even Bob getting the same uh, Prussian blue from the yeah. same country. Then <laughs> I thought he was gonna say it's from the Smurf village, but no, <laughs> no, no. Hey, they actually, hey. they actually, uh, you know, they they they, they colonize the Smurf village and each that's crazy. Smurf, they, I mean, know, that's they, uh, as, as they stomp them out, right? As a uh, <laughs> yeah, Smurfs were I mean, French originally. Sure. But but uh, I, I just want to make sure that uh, our past guest and my former um, uh, Japanese art history teacher is uh, you know watching and, and uh, appreciates the, uh, the 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 research that I'm putting into this. So are, are, are you, you trying welcome. to get extra credit? Is what, what, <laughs> yes, what, what from a class here? I took like 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it might be a little bit late, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> yes. yeah, go for it. It's never too uh, late. <laughs> So I would also say this to one of the one of the reasons why this really complicated interlocked and interweaved narrative works so well is because of again there's these interpersonal dynamics between all these characters uh, some of which is um, some of which is 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 power and and status right that like you know certain certain people are made to be subservient to others like sometimes literally sometimes yeah, sexually and it's it's something where you have to re-examine what you thought of the process as you see that, oh, no, there's more going on here than you originally thought. Yeah. yeah the grifter's getting grifted. Like, the, the, the grifter that is grifting is also grifted as well. But it's not about grift. It's about cultural capital. And it, it does that in such an elegant way that, I, again, I, I just can't, I can't s stress enough that um, just a movie about this historical time period I don't think is as interesting. Because you get to think that's, I mean, it's really about love and lies too, right? I mean, like, look, we've, we've gotten like 46 minutes in and we've rarely talked about the fact that, you know, that this is ultimately like, you know, centered around a lesbian relationship that is, we'll just go ahead and say highly complicated. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, like. And kind of just, so uh, it kind of just, you know casually uh I, like there's there's very few things that i would be like oh this is like an accidental lesbian relationship yeah but like in this in this movie it's very much like an act like it kind of just happened like they slide right into it yeah well and in such a and, lesbians. Know, they, they yeah well they slide into uh each yeah. other too but, lot, yeah. lots of sliding yeah uh <laughs> yeah but you know like and and there's a lot of uh you know that, that's again the, the go back to the brashly horniness of it all but like I think that that's powerful because it's not just um, it, it, it's it's vital to the plot, right? It's yeah. it's vital to the plot. There's there's no movie without it, but it's not it's not the explicit. Uh, well, it's explicit, but it's not the explicit um, raison d'etre of the entire thing. And that's one of the reasons why it works so well, because in the same way that the historical context of it's in there, like this doesn't this doesn't work if it's like just a traditional male female relationship at this time. Right. It, yeah. it doesn't have that same yeah. level of it, it when, just won't work whenever whenever the uh, his name was gentleman in the book. I, I forget yeah. his name in the movie, oh. but. Count Fujiwara is what he yes. calls himself. Yeah. Whenever he like was being like, 
you know, trying to be hot or whatever. I was like, that's a real turnoff. Like you are not, yeah. he, he, you should not be here. This does not work with you. It's like, so like, like, ah, like, I can smell the cigarettes <laughs> on you your know, breath. Right. Like the, get out of my book, face. The, the book goes out of its way to like, uh, kind of play up the fact that he's like, like, you know, a conventionally handsome Victorian era, like a nobleman or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, handsome. Yeah. But like, you know, they, but I mean, you know, the author is, the author is herself a lesbian. And is kind of describing this kind of generic uh, nobleman kind of character in the book, but like they they kind of play that part up. But I, this guy was far too creepy to. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's like got a, a resting of, state of creepiness. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a, you a, and, a and when desperation and weirdness to him that I really liked that the the actor that played Count Fujiwara brought, where it's like you know if you maybe if you he kept his mouth shut, you never see him speak, and he's kind of standing up against the wall, you know, in that room full of very you know uh, very creepy looking and, and kind of gnarled old men and then yeah, just him, gross you know? dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like he stuck out in that room he's playing that crowd but uh <laughs> and the only other movie that i really see kind of have that get over in such a way that isn't just like hitting you over have a sledgehammer is and you invoked it for us portrait of a lady on fire which uh i i think does it and it does it in such a subtle way that at no point does it does a character like you know <laughs> Does a character like you know run on screen and talk about oh this creepy dude is being creepy? It's just it's there. It's it's it doesn't need to be. It's like so subtle and yeah. I was like I can't enjoy these these lesbian sex scenes without this guy being a fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, dude, what, uh, dude, just chill out. You're gonna get your money. Just fucking yeah. fuck off. <laughs> so do you think because this is this I guess is possible, but I didn't get the impression that the story was written around. A lesbian relationship i felt like that was part of the story like it, it wasn't yeah. like the the author like and what do you guys think like do you think that the author uh waters was her name do you do you think that she said okay i've got this great idea for like a love scene let's build a story around it no right like yeah and in in, in the novel it's a lot less uh you know i i think that they, they they don't jump into it quite as much like there's a lot of more teasing i think and hmm. she keeps it kind of like in this they kind of uh dive right but we're talking it. about the movie we're not talking about the novel i know yeah, but but yeah. i'm yeah. saying right. but, but you know they're they're you know they're, they're interrelated uh conce like concepts and also they're not because so do you think the adaptation were... did that like said okay well, we're really gonna amp it up and then oh yeah no 100 percent. it was it's nothing like the the they just like kiss in the novel and then the thing you know but when they're kissing in the novel they're just going at it <laughs> i felt what, like one of the, was awesome anyway one of the key lines for me for this is what is a what does a crook know about love yeah, yeah. i think that's like key to understanding this movie thing. And then, like, you kind of, like, get, like, some explanation of the answer for about two hours afterwards, you know? Uh, but it's slowly unfolding with, like, you know, almost Hitchcockian uh, turnarounds on all of it. Um, and I, I think also uh, the characters in this, right? Like, um, the, the movie especially, but, I mean, just any anything like this, right? Like, the characters aren't thinking about love. Like, love is not really a factor in a lot of these relationships. Um, you know, if you're, like, a, if you're just kind of trying to get by and you're, like, you know, impoverished and you're just kind of um, somebody who's an orphan who's, you know, stuck in like this house and it's not their house. They're kind of just like, I don't think you're, you're spending your life thinking like, I can't wait to find love. Like love is not something that really factors into it for you. Um, in the same way that, you know, a, a Japanese noble woman stuck in a house is kind of a, a caged bird. Um, basically, it's not thinking, you know, I'm going to find love. She's either thinking, I want to get the fuck out of here. But the, but or, the, but the, yeah. the key is what does a crook know about love? Yeah. And that yeah. all, all you can ever be 
in life, your status, your 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 station in life is is a crook. Right. Like here, so, here's that's, that's uh, echoed. That's echoed when she says, uh, when he's like, "Is this all you, that you want for yourself?" And she's like, "Well, yeah. that's what my uncle, you know, that's the life my uncle had planned for me." Like, there's right. no. So it's kind of echoed on on both stations of that. I, I do really like that line. I'm just like, I just feel like this movie uh, echoes. You know, the, the characters echo each other a lot. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, and and I feel like we're kind of uh, almost challenged as viewers throughout this because our reaction to those, um, you know, very vivid lesbian love scenes is in some way like the leering of like the the uncle as he's hearing about these stories right it's it's yeah right because it's it's almost like the viewer is put into a position of okay well how do you experience this you know are you experiencing this in in such a way that it's like just like on the nose like you know creepazoid (laughs) or is it something where where a um you know because the, the it's shot with this remote camera because it's shot in a way that's unconventional uh, you yourself um, almost feel like a voyeur, like yeah. you're you're left mm. in this role of yeah, and, and and you're devouring, you're consuming this love story, um, you know that ends up being a love story that I don't think any character expects it to be a love story. Th- that even but, at one point you're like betrayal, you know, yeah. <laughs> like oh my god, yeah. how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> but you're consuming this love story as a voyeur. At right. the same time as you know, you're you you feel judgmental towards the the very very fucking creepy uh, black tongued. <laughs> ink-tongued uncle yeah it's like i want to hear more and like by the end of it you're like you're like i i feel grossed out with myself as a viewer um because i i have the same vis- like, i want to know how the story ends and i want to see you know more of this and i want to see them get you know get away from this and, and i want to hear details i want more i want details so for him to like keep saying like no details tell me the narrative you're like right. oh shit like that's kind of me right now well, because it, it's, it's a rare, it sets it's up a voyeuristic tendency while also examining the nature of voyeurism itself. Yeah. That's, yeah, but see, you as a viewer, and this is something viewers always have to keep in mind when they start thinking like, like that, um, Forrest, is that you know that there's a runtime and there's an end, <laughs> and, and you're anticipating what's going to happen between whatever point you're at and the end. So it's not like you're like, but, I'm but dying it's to the, watch but it's this. in the it's same like, way, I mean... He, I think Christine is still watching until the end of the unfold. world. <laughs> <laughs> but but he at the same time is asking like, oh well, you took her like he's asking for a story, right? Like he's asking yeah. for details of a narrative that also has a beginning and an end. He's asking like, oh, you you know, you banged my uh, niece through marriage on your wedding night. Tell me what it was like. Tell me like so all the details of it. And and you realize that you've kind of seen the same thing. <laughs> Very normal Herbert. stuff. Yeah. Herbert, what you about that uh, consumed, wedding? You yeah. consumed these scenes with her in them as well. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. So I just felt like it was kind of holding a glass to the, you know, holding a mirror, I guess, to the viewer. Like, you are also this kind of voyeuristic freak for, you know, turning this movie on. You might not even know that that's what you were going to watch, but you're still watching. So you you now are tarred with yeah. the same. Yeah, you didn't uh, turn you know, it off. You're, 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 now, <laughs> you're, you're complicit by uh, cosplaying <laughs> for a little bit as a perv. But but like, like um, how about that as a wedding gift? Like the vial of opium, it's sort of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Here's your what a cyanide gift. capsule. Yeah, there you go. Let's get married, right? Like uh, just in case, you can always have this out. That was creepy. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and there's a so long romantic. history of uh, opium as as a weapon of uh, imperial domination, right? Like yeah. opium being brought into China during the Opium Wars, opium being brought to Korea during you know from China. Like there's there's this long history of imperial domination where opium is the thing that totally dominates uh, a country. Um, and in the same way, he's handing her that gift. You know, he's handing her the way out. So you know, he's just kind of OD. Today, we would just give them fentanyl. 
<laughs> we just, just like, yeah. yo, yo, have this fentanyl. <laughs> well, but then we're getting married. Here's some fentanyl. <laughs> something yo, yo, old, something blue, something borrowed, now. something fentanyl. <laughs> but there are things that are so simple, like the fact that when you see, like, yo, wait, oh, that's, yeah, that's the cop gift. A cop gift is just a, a cop gives his wife fentanyl, and he's like, don't look at it. <laughs> Yeah, Don't except he'd like then fall over and like die because he, he did, touched a baggie with fentanyl. Don't even think about it. But like the, the big turnaround when you see the like, oh, this reading is like, oh, this is like, and it's it's this you know, it's as the as a child, right? And you see like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like erotica. This child is being like taught to read erotica. You're like, why on earth is this happening? And then, like, you know, as, as that piece of the story unfolds, they literally the- think uh, conservatives literally think that's what's ha- that what we're doing to kids. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. That's the drag queen story. You hour, take your right? kids yeah. to the public schools where they learn to read erotica. Honestly, at this point, a, we we on the left, man. we on the left should destroy Fourth of July like displays, and then at the end be like, this is how y'all assholes look. When you try to destroy a plot, just and nativity scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll really make them pissed. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, no, I, I think I think um, yeah, I think I think I, I lost I lost my, I well <laughs> well. So what I was gonna get with the fact is as much as like yeah, it's like very like lush and slickly erotic, right? Like it, it's also so densely packed with story, but ultimately it comes down to be gay do crime. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you at the heart of it, uh, it's just that like it's such a weaving, complicated narrative that doesn't at the same time. And Matt, you hit something uh, with this. It doesn't seem like work to watch this. Not at know? all. Yeah. Yeah. I was never like it's long. It's like almost two and a half hours long. Right. But by the by the end, I was like, oh, come on. I'm not ready for it to be over. And, and I'm kind of that way anyway. I love long movies. But in this case, there wasn't one point in the movie that was like dragging right yeah like when, when you get to the only real equivalent of a dude's rock scene that isn't just dudes dressed up in their finest attire to have erections <laughs> is uh at the end it's like oh well, he's basically getting ripped apart and like we'll tell the story yeah. you know what happened next and, and you're just like oh my god what is what could possibly happen next and you're like there's only like seven minutes left in this movie what my the, god. The cra- another crazy thing is that <laughs> oh, uh, another lesbian yeah. sex scene there we go all right yeah. he's uh he's chain smoking <laughs> Count yeah. Fujiwara is uh, chain smoking throughout it, and when he opens his uh, cigarette case early on, you see the two blue cigarettes yep. that have the which, like that. That's an insane scene for him to be like smoking, like smoking the fucking blue. I thought it was like a e-cigarette, like a blue. You know what I mean? Like the- <laughs> <laughs> no, but but and then he's and then for him to be like at the last moment, he's like, yeah, that's enough that uh, you know it'll kill five men, and you're like, oh fuck, yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy turnaround, right? Because there's there's so many. Like, there's so many things you could just focus on. Like, there's, you know, real danger. There's, like, you know, there's twists and twists and, and twists again. And, <laughs> and it ends up being something where all of it matters, right? But, uh, like, you're, you're just left in, in such a way that it's, like, again, you're, you're challenged to think about the idea of voyeurism as you're uh, kind of in, in sort of enticed to be voyeuristic, but then also like the sheer catharsis of like the library, like getting just wrecked, right? Like what a great scene. And, and it's like when, when it takes so long for it to get, to get there and you're like, yeah, get it. <laughs> you know, how like about, wreck that place. How about when they introduce the seller, the torture seller and, yeah. and they're down there and she has this horrified look on her face, but they don't show it. Right. Right. 
and, and you and did, you just because it almost doesn't matter See, seeing it doesn't matter it's the fact that you she could saw hear it. something yeah. though right like there's water some kind or of, something you, yeah there's a well, giant you also realize, yeah you realize it's the octopus later <laughs> yeah. on like the, end oh, of the movie you realize right. she's looking at she's looking directly yeah. at an octopus which um is the thing that you know for this movie uh and i, I have a clip about this actually but um it, it invoked uh old boy and like this right. this movie invoked old boy a bunch of times for part i love Shannon. that movie here, here is the audience's reaction to that scene <laughs> that's awesome uh, uh i have an old boy door hanger it was a piece of promotional uh material whoa. that my local video store back in colorado gave me they were like you're such a fan of it we thought you liked this and i just think that's so clever to do a door hanger like a, a do hanger. not disturb wow. door hanger yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is uh this is talking about uh justice and octopuses all right let's really into it 저는 아 옳고 그름이라는 것이 없다 모든 것이 상대적이라서 그렇게 생각하진 않아요. 그런 상대성이 물론 중요하긴 합니다만은 어떤 행동은 악하다, 어떤 행동은 선하다 그런 구별은 있다고는 생각합니다. 그러나 사람들을 힘들게 만드는 것은 선한 의도가 항상 좋은 결과를 만들어내는 게 아니라는 게 있죠. 그리고 또 제가 그런 이야기를 반복해서 하는 일이 하나도 이상한 것은 아닌 것이 세상에는 몇 가지 얘기거리가 계속 반복해서 표현되는 거 아니겠습니까? 사랑은 어떻다라든가. 뭐 죽음이라는 무엇인가라든가 많은 그런 몇 가지의 얘기거리들은 많은 작가들이 또 같은 작가가 반복해서 여러 번 그렇게 얘기하고 또 하고 또 해도 지나치지 않는 것이죠. 제 영화에 그 낙지나 문어가 자주 등장하는 이유는 별건 없어요. 제가 특별히 관심을 가진 생물도 아니고요. 그리고 문어와 낙지는 다른 종류죠. 그것은 아주 그냥 그때그때 작품에 그때 특정한 순간에 필요하기 때문에 실용적인 목적으로 등장시킨 소품들일 뿐이죠. 올드보이에서는 그 생명의 꿈틀거림을 느껴보고 싶은 주인공의 그런 심리상태 때문에 출연했던 것이고요. 아가씨에서는 호쿠사이의 그 유명한 춘화를 연상시키는 그런 이미지가 필요했기 때문에 출연시켰습니다. no, I mean, like, there is tell, this us, thing. tell us the octopus that did this to you. Was it, was it, it, isn't there a thing? It's like oh. a challenge. I can't remember who does this. It's it's part of like it's like a final step in training where where you have to eat a live octopus and try to keep it from killing you. And that's what the symbolism was in Old Boy. Is that that's what I feel it's like either, this show's like sometimes. It's either like samurai or sumo wrestler or something like that, but. But you would you would eat a live octopus, and it's always trying to kill you, 
right? Like it, yeah. it could kill you on the way down. But if you eat it out of its misery first, like you win. So that's like a real, it's like a test, I guess, right? It's fun for the whole family, really. It's <laughs> gross. It's so gross. Yeah, I'm trying to but see. But I will say octopus is delicious. They're also sure. very intelligent creatures. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really can't eat octopus for that reason. Uh, like, Squids are dumb as hell. You can eat. I, I think yeah. of the boys when I think of the octopus, so I can't oh eat God. any seafood. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems actually fair. That, that seems more sad than I thought. Watching a guy eat an octopus would be like when, and he's like, "No, that's my friend," and you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, "This guy's a fucking rapist." Like, why do I feel bad for him right now? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Look at this cat. He's so happy to be back streaming. I know. That's yeah. a great cat. He doesn't want to leave me. <laughs> I got uh I got Audrey sleeping right there oh. in full. We should have an Audrey cam. <laughs> I should <laughs> look to it. Um I feel like it's on. Yeah, but I was trying to find uh I was trying to find what what group or whatever like does that, but there's a lot of stuff about just bloggers trying to eat octopuses, apparently. So maybe that's the. It's a thing. It, it was in the old boy uh, special features. I'll have to go back and look. Oh, really? Or wow, okay. Maybe it was in the manga because I have the entire manga too. So maybe it was in that. I'll, I'll have to go back and look. I'll I'll send you guys an update. We'll, we'll get our top researchers on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's what that's what uh, the director said in that first that you played though is that he was brought this book by the producer just like old boy so i assume that somebody was like you got to read this comic right which you know that's what i say all the time you got to read this comic like that's (laughs) every other word out of my mouth is that phrase imagine if you had uh you know if you had park chamuk as a friend and you could be like you gotta read this comic and he's like you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a movie out of it. Actually, the the fingersmith thing is interesting though because there is a um, before this movie came out, like right after the book came out, the BBC, different BBC BBC. than the porn one, um, you know, came out with a. We appreciate uh, the clarification. uh, Thank you. A very (laughs) not a lot of not a lot of BBC in that book, but um, (laughs) but the BBC came out with a very um like uh, faithful adaptation. I guess that was like. So faithful that uh, Sarah Waters, um, it was like a show. It wasn't a movie, but like they yeah, did it was a, like a miniseries, right? It was, yeah. it was like a yeah. And I guess it was I so faithful. It. She's like, on why PBS would yes in this country? <laughs> but she was like, she was like, why would anyone have you know taken my book and like uh, adapted it that faithfully? And then Park Chan Wook came you know up to her and was like, hey, can I buy the rights to this book? Yeah, hold my beer. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so she was like, you're really missing an opportunity here. Was that the with author? the miniseries? Yeah. Well, she was like, you guys should have gone way. (laughs) No, I think she said that it. it, She thinks that he captured her the spirit of what she was trying to do, and Mm, the BBC series captured the letter of, (laughs) literally the letter of what she was trying to do. Well, yeah, because it's sort of you know whatever. It's a BBC man. No one's expecting edgy entertainment from the BBC. Do you think the count realized? I should say different BBC then. Well, at what point do you think the count (laughs) realized? Like, okay, so the count's getting his fingers chopped off, right? Mm-hmm. At what point yeah. do you think he realized he had been betrayed by them? Because it looked like at the end, like I'm ignoring that he, comment. it <laughs> like the the picture slowed down a little bit. Yeah, I thought yeah. maybe that was his dying realization. It kind of almost seems like yeah, that was like his like like, like his right sort of, at the last second. He's like, oh, yeah. 
I get cross. Uh, triple okay. cross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think he, I think he did realize that he got got. <laughs> the yeah. last minute, he's like, I think those those gals were lesbians. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh man, I'm the. Third I think heel. they were both gay and did do crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, I'm. I, am I? Am I the mark? Yeah. No, I mean <laughs> yeah, that, that's that basically what, on your way out. Yeah. What, what, and what's so powerful about that too is is that like. <laughs> You get to see him on the boat just going at it too, and it's like, all right, there you go. There's the, oh yeah, you know, just like, in case there was any any doubt, you know, like all right, everybody else on that boat too is like, uh, well, I did not expect this on the cruise. Yeah, like but, who's yeah. got sleigh bells? <laughs> if this what boats are rocking, don't come a knocking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I also like that they uh they escaped to Vladivostok, which is like you know the the Russian city or whatever. Like they're escaping to like the fucking Soviet Union is what they're is what they're doing. Yeah, and you can yeah, still wow. hear the torture scene. You can hear the sounds of it while over, they're like yeah. over top of them making their <laughs> escape, and she's in disguise. There was another time where you could hear. Their I love that Foley overlap, over which is something. obviously yeah. intentional. It's obviously yeah. like yeah. an intentional oh, yeah. move, but yeah. It's very uh, artistic. It's yeah, good. the Foley artist truly is an artist, you know, in this yeah. in this film. Um, I actually shouted them every, out. My every kind of aspects. every kind of artist feels like 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 the production designer. Like this film is incredible art. Like the production design yeah. on it, the Foley art on this is incredible. Like it feels like this is a movie where everyone's kind of bringing their A game. Mm-hmm. Well, everything's hitting at so such a high level. level, you know. So I mean, for it's... bringing their their A game, you know what I mean, like. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the only thing that that uh, didn't stand out, and just because like, it's a good thing sometimes when music doesn't stand out, but the music in the movie, I don't like. I remember thinking it was fine. It just nothing. I mean, I really, out, I, I really think... like, I really liked when they destroyed the library. That music. and I'm not saying it's bad. That, I'm that just music, saying like, like that music slapped. The like, da, 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 da. As, as they're destroying the library, that was the one standout music uh, yeah. spot. I think. Yes. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't do any harm. It's fine. You know, it's good. No, no, it's, yeah, it's, it does what it's supposed to do. It's, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, you know. and it's. Again, what I what I like about it is it managed to be relatively transgressive uh, f- for a period piece. Ultimately, let's not forget this is a period piece, right? Yeah. Like, kind of wild that it's like telling this incredibly like you know complicated, interweaving, uh, twisting story that has all these different perspectives and like does so in such a way that um, you know I like Magnolia, but like it's it's definitely like that's more like hit you over the head with a sledgehammer, like you know, sorry, budget shortcuts. Uh, by Altman, and and I say that as a fan, you know, like it, it, it. But it's this does those same kind of things and never never drops the narrative. It just makes you reexamine why you thought the way you thought, the things the where they were. In some cases, it's you're kind of led along to it, but not in such a way that it's uh, blatantly obvious. And so again, one of the things that make it work so well as a work of art for me is that. Uh, you're left to question yourself and, and then and also just be like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. And, and if you did, I applaud you because I sure as hell didn't. First time I saw this, because uh, I, I was like, oh, well, one crazy twist is enough. Like, oh, that's just messed up. Like, you know, there's like movies that could do like one of the two or three like head fakes that they do in here. And you'd be like, oh, wow, that's impressive how they did that. And, and yeah, this, every now and then I'll time. pick up. I could pick up on foreshadowing every now and then, especially if you're watching like Hitchcock and you're like, yeah, there's going to be foreshadowing. Right. I just right. keep my <laughs> eye out for it. But but like normally I'm just invested. I just sit yeah. down and watch and it's like, you tell me what to see. You know, I'm not going to try and predict anything, but I, there's no way I could have predicted this. Yeah, Absolutely. well, and 
kind of the thing that I kind of find completely fascinating about this is that as the story goes on, it, it kind of just revisits the same parts of it and just adds like different context, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, there's a scene where he's like, he's like in the tree and he goes and talks to her and he, he's like, you know, yeah. uh, touch, touch my dick right now. And she's like, no, I don't want to fucking touch your dick. What are you, what are yeah. you doing to me right now? And yeah. then he's having that conversation and then it folds out later where right after that conversation, he's talking to, uh, you know, he's talking to Lady Hadako in the tree, and he's like, you know what she just said about you over there? He, he said that, you know, she said that she feels sorry for you. And, like, each scene kind of adds a layer of context. It's almost like um, it's not that they've, they've given you kind of a false vision of what's going on, but each, uh, each layer of it is a different story that you're seeing. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and again, it goes back to that Rashomon effect, too, right? And, and right. Park Chan-wook as, has actually gone on record as – uh, being a big fan of that and, and like saying like yeah that was one of the inspirations for the handmaiden. Uh by the way, another another movie Park Chan Luke likes a lot, Donnie Darko. Hmm. Oh cool. I can see it. I love Patrick I was also Swayze thinking in that a little movie. bit of he is so good. Oh yeah. I know yeah. I think I, I was thinking of, also of uh, pulp fiction, like how how it's a little out of order too. Um yeah, but, yeah, but uh, unlike linear. pulp fiction, this was actually had a narrative purpose. Um Pulp Fiction just did it because it was cool. <laughs> Uh, which is fine, right. you know. Yeah. You, you can get yeah. if you're Quentin cool. Tarantino, yeah. you can get away with uh, being, you know, just doing something because it's cool. And you're, you're um, actually like, yeah. if you made a movie, you wouldn't just add like anything you think of that was just cool to it. You'd be like, you know what? They're gonna, everyone's gonna have a fight, and they're gonna be in suits, and they're all gonna be fighting in like these, the tuxedos. Why? I don't know. It's cool. Cause, cause. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that we bring up Tarantino now because, um, in in the uh vengeance trilogy which he didn't even intend to be a trilogy right but they were meant to be standalone movies and he was sort of right. like oh i guess there's kind of like a theme here yeah it no, was I, like I, I i really like vengeance i guess yeah, turns yeah out well, like and, and it was kind of like some european critics were like this should be a trilogy that's what we'll call it but that so i always thought oh he's trying to do like a tarantino thing with these right and he is whether that was true or not he has really graduated from that like with well, this yeah. film, it's amazing, right? Yeah, and, and like uh, Stoker's a lot, uh, you know. Yeah, that known. too. Mm-hmm. That that one too. Like I think that it's it's Tarantino's again. There's still Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. which is fine. <laughs> By the way, you know what they call? The well, hold on, I actually had a point. Right, so right. the the the, 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 the point is that like, like he has managed to take the things that made those movies interesting beyond the the violence and like the the, the revenge yeah. aspect of it, and like turn that around to different kinds of tension. And I think that that's not a lot of filmmakers do that, especially if they're coming from the more like we'll call it grindy <laughs> grindhouse mm-hmm. kind of like a uh, uh, genre. Anyway, go ahead, Forrest. You know what, uh, you know what they call, you know, the handmaiden in France? <laughs> no, I'm, ser- I'm serious right now. The oh, I, I thought this is a Pulp Fiction bit. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it is like, I, I uh, it finger that, but they call it yeah. Mademoiselle. This movie was oh. going around France with the title Mademoiselle. That's and pretty when good. They, when they uh, when they premiered it at Cannes, uh, what would they call they, Old Boy in France? No, but when, when they when they premiered, I don't know. I didn't I didn't watch Old Boy. Yeah. When they premiered it at, uh, <laughs> at, at at Cannes this time around, all of the promotional stuff is like uh, Park Chan-wook talks about Mademoiselle. <laughs> I mean, that's not that's a good title. That's like ooh, evocative, you know. It's like Lissabon. Yeah, well, because because I feel like it could it could go for a, a servant or a you know or or like a yeah it, it, yeah. It works I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious what the Korean title was. You know, uh, what, what what if it translates to handmaiden or if it's something different? 
I'd, I'd guess know. probably something different. Um, so this is this is before we go to letterbox one liners. I had mm-hmm. one more clip I wanted to play. Great. Um, th- this is this is talking about Kim Tae-rae's experience doing her first movie and the sex scenes and stuff. Red carpet을 밟는 노하우요. 근데 생각보다 제가 갔을 때는 주변이 좀 썰렁해서 막 용서받지 못한 자 같은 경우는 거의 오전 타임에 스크리닝을 해서 너무 썰렁했었어요. 아이고. 그래서 뭐 굉장히 편하네요 생각보다. 네. 이목 집중도 안 받고 우리들끼리 그냥 기념 사진 찍고 그랬었죠. 마찬가지로 추격자 때도 그랬던 것 같아요. 미드나잇 스크리닝이었는데 끝나고 나니까 아주 늦은 새벽이었어요. 정말 취객들 봤어요 레드카펫 주변에서. 그래서 역시나 어 크게 특별히 뭐 부담감이나 긴장감은 없었다. 없었고요. 네. 네, 굉장히 즐거웠었던 기억이에요. 그래서 더더욱이 이번에는 좀 기대가 돼요. 저에게도 처음. 아마 경험하게 되는 레드카펫 분위기가 될것 같아요. 만약 받으신다면, 네, 만약이요? 만약이죠, 그거. 굉장히 겸손하게 말씀을 해주는데 박찬욱 감독님 생각은 어떠신지 좀 여쭐게요. 그 상을 받고도 남을 연기를 한건 사실이에요. 그거는 제가 말씀드릴 수 있는데 심사위원들의 생각이 또 어떻게? 그 입맛이 어떨지는 또 봐야 하는 거니까 미니씨 말고도 여기 있는 사람들은 다 그런 자격이 이네 배우 모두에게 있을 것 같아요 테디는 특히 첫 영화가 첫 출연작으로 말하자면 칸 영화제 여우주연상 후보가 된 셈이니까 그것만으로도 상 받은 것처럼 이미 축하할 일이라고 생각하고 그렇습니다 1,500명이라는 숫자는 저도 기사로 처음 봐가지고 굉장히 놀랐던 기억이 있어요. 저는 되게 마지막에, <웃음> 되게 마지막에 참여해가지고, 뭐 어쨌든 여러 번 이렇게 미팅하고 결정이 됐는데, 행복했고 벅찼습니다. 합격 통보는 어떻게 받은 거예요? 문자로 받았어요? 직접 전화로 받았어요? 매니저를 통해서 얘기를 들었어요? 직접 만나서? 면전에서. 예, <웃음> 네, 1대1로 얘기를 들었습니다. 그리고 뭐했나요그 얘기를 듣고선 식사하러 갔나요? 네, 쌀국수 먹었어요. <웃음> 감독님이 국수 좋아하시니까. That that microphone. Sorry to get Andy'd here, but that microphone setup looks like the thing that powers the time machine. I'm like, what is happening with those microphones? <laughs> I, I feel like uh, Korean, like South Korean TV is pretty wild. Like every time they do uh, promotion for a movie, like we talk, we. Like watch the stuff with Train to Busan yeah. when we did that. Like yeah. they put the entire cast on stage. Yeah, and then and just like around. Yeah, okay. This is there's that there's that one yeah. that we watched where uh, where they kept on like making them like play games while they were asking yeah. questions, and they're like double question or something. Yeah, really bizarre. But anyway, I mean that's it's cool because well, I feel like there's obviously we can't call it underground cinema anymore when parasite won the oscar right but like like the fact right. that like honestly like south korean cinema is like being taken seriously is a relatively recent modern construct you know uh, at least for western audiences and it's kind of cool to see all these films be sort of re- reevaluated and in some cases evaluated for the first time um well and, and park chan wook is kind of um like before, you know, before Bong Joon-ho, before, uh, you know, a, a lot yeah. of like, like the last few years where we've had a lot of directors, 
his vengeance trilogy was kind of the the first time that um yeah american audiences were kind of just thrown into the the madness that is uh korean filmmaking um you know on like a mainstream level tarantino was pushing it all the time like old boy and stuff like that like obviously they tried remaking it and everyone was like yo get the fuck out of here with this remake don't don't do that yeah that's yeah like we we can watch the original one which uh the the first time i watched uh old boy i was in a college class and i was not prepared to you know for what the movie was gonna be so they just like turned it on (laughs) freshman year of college i mean it's not like uh sympathy for mr vengeance and lady vengeance are like that much easier watches too but like i mean i i honestly again i've said like three times but i'll say it again paraphrasing that um i love that like he went beyond that you know yeah And, and managed to keep like the emotional weight of it with with um exploring different themes that aren't just explicitly violent violence oriented oriented i mean but it is interesting that you know uh they, they didn't really invoke those movies throughout his career up until he did um the handmaiden again yeah and kind of the, the most that they've invoked because they're like oh well this is kind of a return not to you know these vengeance-based movies that are like ultra violent and stuff but this is a return to that style of you know i mean he's in south korea he's not working with like american actors um, he's not doing like these yeah. south sci-fi projects or vampire projects or like something like that, right? Like, this is a return to kind of his version of like, um, you know, South Korean on on, on South Korean uh, crime drama, kind of uh, vengeance at the center of it. Like, you know, there's an octopus in it, which it, like he's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's it's his version of, of like some of the more out there Hitchcock stuff, right? Yeah. I, I, to of which decision to leave is basically his vertigo. So it absolutely makes sense because, like, and he's he's often said he's a big Hitchcock fan. I, I, like, th- I think he's finally finding his it's voice kinda... as a, as an artist, you know. Which, uh, you know, uh, the other films, you know, leading up to it, like like playing around with other genres, is is him like trying to find his voice and you know make films that he he enjoys too. But uh, you know, I think I think by this is it's just, you know solidified like who he is, and we we can you know at this point definitely say like what his films are. Uh, just an update on the title. The uh, Korean title translated into English is Miss. Oh, that works too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right on. Hmm. Thank you, Andy. Uh, I think we're going to. Um, I think we're going to do Letterbox one liners now, right, Forrest? Yeah, we're, we're yep, doing. Yep, okay, yep. so of course, Letterbox is a social media site for film lovers who talk at within to each other about the movies they love, maybe the movies they didn't love, the movies they were brashly horny for. Like uh, this one. Like this one, <laughs> and uh, of course, all of if, this. If, uh, if that damn count would get out of the fucking just, way, just get, just get out of the way. <laughs> uh, all of this is uh, done, you know, no uh, lords, no masters, <laughs> no Siskels, no Eberts. Uh, bottom up democracy, everyone gets to have their say, and it's all best ex- expressed succinctly for the purposes of this bit. Uh, keep it succinct. And these are the letterbox one liners for the handmaiden. Let's go. If that wasn't the most romantic display of amateur dentistry ever put to film, I don't know what is. <laughs> wow. Contains one of the most darkly hilarious final lines uttered by any character in the history of cinema. Hard agree. Accent on the heart. Yes. yes. Everybody remember the line? Do you remember the line? Wait, I'm trying to. I'm At trying least to I die with my dick. Yes, that's oh, yeah, right. My, oh, yeah, he said, at least I died with my dick intact. Because he was yeah. like, oh, now you're soft and slow and foggy or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If God hates gays, then why do we keep winning? 
<laughs> pride, that's our pride month. Great. That's our pride month question for all these movies. Great. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Is it possible that this movie is doing too much? Yeah. No. Nah. Nah, it's fine. No. Especially not with these with this letterbox background. Yeah. <laughs> they, they sit nicely. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Park Chan Wook is so cool. I'm glad that guy got to die in his goon cave. It's what he would have wanted. <laughs> well, that guy would have hated the internet, though. People people wouldn't visit his goon cave anymore if they could just watch porn on the internet. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> it's his whole yeah, like they, they, uh, they, 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 okay. like ASMR porn. It's basically what it was. <laughs> I was gonna say, but it was his whole uh, support system. But yeah, whatever that works too. Uh, producer, I like your movie Park, but why is there a fucking octopus in this fish tank? Park Chan Wook, trust me, fam. Um, I'd like to I'd like to um actually and say a common octopus because he said in that clip those are different. It's a big difference, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I still don't know what difference he's talking about, but I can still um actually it because yeah. he said it. We, we learned, I learned something today. Yeah, the sexual tension between you and your handmaiden who's filing down your tooth. It's so good with this, this background. I just find it hard. How is that erotic? It seems like it would be painful. I just can't imagine yeah. it being sensual. Well, the whole thing with it is like for a lot of folks, it's like the blending of those two things, right? So. I need Novocaine. Novocaine does not work. When I had my abscess removed, I was still screaming in pain. The poor kids that were supposed need to go more after me. Novocaine. I, uh, I I had Novocaine not work for me pretty recently, and then the guy, the, the dentist, drilled down into my tooth, and then I went I went to go like be like ah fuck, and I moved my tongue, and then the tongue got hit by the drill. Oh, nightmare, nightmare, <laughs> nightmare scenario. Yeah, not not great. At not least great I die with my dick intact. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, you have five minutes to live. Me. Knowing full well that the library destruction scene lasts four minutes and 40 seconds. Great. That's more than enough time. Yeah, YouTube <laughs> wouldn't let me put more than uh, uh, 30 seconds. Because like, I upload all the intros first to like, see if, I, if, they, if they comply. Yeah. I, I only got to put 30 seconds to the library destruction scene. What? I had a, That's I had not a good nearly enough. Minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great scene. <laughs> Lesbian scamming men and staying together is my favorite film genre. Amen. <laughs> There you go. Those are the letterbox one-liners for great. The Handmaiden. Please, 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 please follow the show. That's <laughs> Count Flockamora. Count, it's Count Flockamora. <laughs> He's pickpocket watching and logging all the stuff from the show on there. I am Conan Neutron, a.k.a. Crook Love. That could be my rap name, too, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. That, it sounds, it sounds like, an, like I could see that being an album. Like Somebody's yeah. like, yo, like. This is Crook Love. And it's Crook like, Love. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Like that. From the new show, like, uh... <laughs> <nude>. oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm all over Letterboxd watching the highbrow, the midbrow. Uh, you know, this populist fair as well. Follow me along with the Criterion Challenge, which I'm going to get back to very soon, I swear. Uh, Conan Neutron uh, on Letterboxd. J. Andrew Shunga World is old man, crazy to paint. He's also watching the craziest stuff you ever done see uh, over there on Letterboxd, you know, all the weirdest stuff. So you don't have to. Or maybe so you can. I'm not here to judge. I'm just calling balls and strikes. Uh, not the handmaiden oh, down there. calling bells and strikes. Oh, that's good. That's better. Uh, not the handmaiden down there. She's just the cleaning lady. Uh, she's very she's very busy, you understand, but every once in a while she jumps on and logs some stuff. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're one of the people that get slapped on the stairs when she runs inside. <laughs> Rough. Rough. <laughs> uh, 
Matt, I, I don't think you have. Are you a letterbox user? I'm not. I'm not aware if you are. No, this is as close as I get to anything like that. That's and fine. taking Matthew Film Guy's course because there you go. That's I find myself wanting to write the review before I'm done with the movie. So you'd be perfect for the site. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd be, that's what that's what like half the people do. Yeah. <laughs> Other than to say so and so so hot, and that's the review. I'm like, really? That's a review? Oh. Okay. Anyway, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Shunga. Jander World, please take us away with the plugs, would you? All right. If you're watching us right now on YouTube, please do those YouTube things like comment, subscribe, hit that bell. And of course, the big ask is to watch the video to the end. That allows um, uh, movie fans to find our content. And uh, you get to hear a great Conan Neutron song. Um, as uh, as signed on, co-signed by uh, the letter hack himself. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you're watching us on Twitch, do those Twitch things. Um, throw us a sub. If you have I'm an Amazon you the Prime, <laughs> if you have an Amazon Prime account, just like they know it was Christina, not me, that interrupted. Thank you. <laughs> you can subscribe for free. Uh, doesn't cost you anything, but it actually does help out the channel, and we greatly thank you for doing that. Um, yes, we we are on yes. social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, Ooh. Which we have not maybe had blue up sky the entire show. Yeah, there we go. That's this stuff. Whoops. That's maybe one day. Are you guys on blue sky? sky? No, oh, she is. Yes, I am. Only the most okay. responsible member is. By the second most responsible is next up. That's me. <laughs> yes. Um, I am. But yeah. <laughs> no, don't give it to him. Yes. No codes. <laughs> <laughs> I literally said that. Uh, I was like, I'll knock it. But yeah, please, if those are your uh, poisons of, uh, uh, I mean, if those are your um, uh, your, your social media of choice, your your opium oh. of choice, <laughs> yes, your opium of choice. Um, uh, of Definitely those, uh, opium for the masses. Them. That's for sure. <laughs> that, that we listed. Please follow us there. Uh, you know, we put content up there, and it's fun. Um, I think so. We also have a Patreon. <laughs> and... <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you need to tag it with that, but uh, hey, it's fine. Yeah. I, I was looking okay. for a transition to Patreon, and I just, you know, couldn't, and that's the best I could do. But but okay. we do have a Patreon. Patreon's great. You can see our live show, <laughs> which which we did um, live <laughs> in person. We did in New York. Um, I, I have no clue how it came out. Ring light. If, if you had come, maybe we could have gotten eight people to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, you can check out our live show where we uh, talk about um, uh, Mean Streets right after we watched it, which was, yes. uh, I, I had fun. Uh, I think everybody good. who showed good up discussion. Uh, you know, ha- enjoyed it. So, yeah, and it was a great discussion. And, and uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the city that never sleeps. I love Manhattan. The big, I love the it. big apple. And, and that's the beauty of uh, signing up with our Patreon is getting access to that. Sometimes we do after parties as well, don't we? I yeah, we're yeah, gonna do like, one tonight. Uh, like tonight. Like, uh, tonight. Gonna... <laughs> oh, it's, oh, uh, we're after party in here. Which? Uh, yeah, I do get access to that forever. 
Which uh, when when I was in the when I was in the car with uh, with Eric on the way to like fucking Catterwall one of the days, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, yeah, I live ninety minutes from the city, and in my mind didn't process that like I was in a different part of the country, and the city right. has no resonance. To- <laughs> Nobody in Minnesota cares about that at all. Like, so like, what? And he was like, he was like, this city, and I was like, oh no, like New York City. <laughs> awesome. There is no other city. I, well, I, I yeah, definitely New Yorkers voice. definitely think that. Yeah, I, sure. I had Conan's voice in my ears being like, New Yorkers don't think anywhere else exists. <laughs> and, and nobody outside New York gives a shit. Like, seriously. Like, it's, you cannot possibly imagine how little of a fuck anybody gives about that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad you heard my voice saying that, but that's hilarious because you were telling a guy who lives in Oakland that, too. Like, that, you know, anyway. You know, whatever. the city. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what? Well, I'm just so used about? to, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just so used to being here and using that's that as shorthand, you know? Yes, I'm. I'm just a pizza, uh, and, and a, I'm just a slice of pizza and a fucking uh, tank top, like that picture that you <laughs> posted. Where, like, dudes from New York look like this. Yeah, they look like this. That's got the oh, tank guys. I seen it. This is good. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I'll try to look oh, up for you, you know, while Andy gets the next thing. You know what else you can see is uh, uh, Conan Neutron's Patronic Reversal. Yes, is- agreed. Yes, yeah, yeah, so back, baby. It, it's. Uh, <laughs> I know it's it's you've been you've been missing it uh, for the for recently because of uh, Catterwall, but uh, no, I have. Uh, I did an episode the- last night I, with uh, John Wright of No Means No. Show so so much you pay attention. I'm hurt. Yeah. I pay attention. That's right. Like I retweeted it on the show account. Uh, so Two yeah, if you, if you if you know the band No Means No, uh, and a lot of people do, I had the drummer for No Means No on to talk about a, Dead Bomb. Band about consent. We love it. Yeah, I was gonna say yes. I wish more people knew no me. Yeah, I wish more people knew what I mean. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this week on Thursday in the normal slot, uh, Tim Jones of Cheer Accident. So legend, legendary uh, musician uh, Tim Jones, uh, very deeply clever, very smart man too. So I'm back at it, baby. Yeah, on the internet. We're doing it. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I, like that. Oh I thought it was a drawing. Wow. No. It's a real thing that it's actually happened. Greasy shirt. Man. Oh, I'm greasy in here. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a greasy guy. What, what, what can I say? Yeah, take a um, shower. Yeah. Like, I thought you can start browsing your Facebook feed. No, I was, I was hoping to pull up the. I was hoping to, right before that. I was hoping to pull up the, uh, the one where it was the count, the count can, joke can, that I that I did. Was... Oh sure. Can I can I just real quick? I I did attempt to look it up uh, while um, before any started doing my plugs. This is what came up for pizza tank tops. Actually, who put my face on a tank top? <laughs> uh, you can. The internet has everything. Somebody yeah, has thought of it. It's that. just amazing. That's it. Etsy, man. It really is. Well, right. quote unquote, amazing. Kind of depends on on uh, what it is. You know what I mean. Anyway, yeah. Watch my show. Subscribe to the podcast. There's a Patreon dollar a month early access. Thank you. Yes, and, and, and also what, what are you gonna do? I, I spent it all on pizza tank tops. I got no money left for going to Neutron Show. I, I, I wish I knew about this ahead of time before I spent all my money on the pizza tank tops. I got so many of them. I got a whole closet full of these tank tops. Oh, it's it's like the I'm fly like over here. The, you know, I got the same. Uh, there's my a money is like joke a slice in there of pizza. Somewhere. It's melting away. Your anyway. favorite topping is a tank top. 
I don't know. It's some I'm working on that one. Yeah, yeah, we'll, work, we'll workshop that. It's in there. We got some. Time. I'm working on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, if you like the theme music, go to neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. <laughs> wow. Quick. <laughs> Uh, I think like there were so many of these these this week that I feel like I'm like oh, old wow. news. Oh yeah, nobody's seen these. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go. Yeah. Anyway, go follow what Andy said, not what's on the screen, which is go to neutronfriends.bandcamp.com and buy my stuff. Thank you. One, uh, 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 one patron, two, <laughs> two, two patrons on Protonic Universal. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We did some uh, playing the Neutron Friends, uh, Catterwall, and in New York, and uh, that was good. It's nice to get back at it. We're playing in Chicago on Saturday. I'm just going to do my own plugs. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're go playing for it. Go for it. Chicago uh, Saturday with Biggin and Heat Death, uh, who are fantastic bands in their own right and interesting bricks. And uh, I got a bunch of other stuff I'm going to be announcing know, later in this big gay month that, that, that it's coming up too. So yeah, Heat Death is a lot of fun too. So it's so, great. So, and totally yeah, they were like they were they were one of the fucking craziest sets that you know they're you wouldn't think that like those two uh could could cause that much of a ruckus but they do and i love them for it it's it cool. was also like 1 p.m or 2 p.m when they played too and oh they, yeah yeah and they, they, they set it off it was just like, like yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's oh wow midday yeah yeah, they're, they're, yeah they're, and they, they were playing like they they were closing out and it was great mm-hmm. and that's they they don't know any other way to be so yeah, that's no. At one point, they got on top of one of the drums, and yep. uh, she was, she was fucking playing on the drum. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's my drums. I was definitely like, "All right, let's let's, let's keep let's keep it." To <laughs> I was uh, I was watching I was watching the flipper set earlier when he fucking fell backwards onto your drums. And... Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just like, "Oh God, please be okay," but also, all please right, drums we, be okay. We gotta we gotta get to all this stuff in the after party. We gotta this. That's where we got to talk about. Because I want to talk about Catterwall in the after party for sure. Sure, sure. Sounds good. Reason to tune in. Yeah, that does sound very good. Um, but, uh, Christina, <laughs> you, you have a you have a, uh, a great a great uh, Twitch show. Yeah. According to Twitch, not so much. <laughs> well, I mean, does Twitch respect anybody? I'm just, an, I'm just another Amazon employee at this point. Hmm. That's what's that's what what it all ping and bottles. <laughs> a lot of streamers do. They're streaming. Yeah, they just be in bottles now. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier. I'm being here. Oh, I'm victorating here. Thank you, victorating. Was it was that her plug, Andy? Was it was that was that Christina's plug? You, I was going to ask what was coming rusty. up. But... Jesus, uh, I'm covering you know. all the. Oh, also too, today's Twitch is like twelfth anniversary, and I'm like, what a way to really completely your platform on your birthday. So. <laughs> it's my birthday, and I will I will destroy my platform if I want. <laughs> you know, like they, they used to have my super sweet sixteen or something, and it was like, <laughs> a version of that their new service agreement. <laughs> yeah, they're like yeah. Elon Musking it up there. <laughs> It's the worst kind of cologne I've ever heard, Elon Musk. You gotta get your faces on money. But uh, you yeah, said you're gonna crazy cover. To have like a platform owned by the richest man in the world, and he's just like, I don't think I'm not. I'm getting enough ad revenue from these struggling content creators. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. You said you were gonna cover. Oh, uh, all the 
Twitch is like screwing us over with like charity streams and event streams and ads and stuff like that. So I'm going to cover all the crap and everyone's mad. Everyone hates it. They're like, you done did it again. So, yeah. Sounds all terrible. Right. Yeah, yeah, so if you actually want to know what's going on and what we're actually talking about here. Uh, yeah, because I, I don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds awful. I don't know. I, I've been busy. Basically, we I, can't I, promote Sam Cedar's Cedar Seeds on Twitch anymore. Oh, I see. <laughs> they, make, they make it just the rule about that. It's very specific. <laughs> you wouldn't expect it to be that, that level of specificity, but it really is. He must be devastated. Yes. <laughs> it's a restaurant owned by a cop well yeah. i mean that makes sense it's still not good oh. <laughs> like this one doing of... my time it i opened up my white penis pizza yeah. 40 percent of our topics may or may not be beat <laughs> now he's the top google search <laughs> <laughs> all right next what's that what's that so matt uh you have a you have a podcast that uh on mondays yes monday night 9 30 p.m eastern time at youtube.com slash the letter hack i'm interviewing independent left-wing media types while drawing them live i had david zarota benjamin p dixon jessica burbank the rational Zika national Dallas, who's the clipping king See, Gonzalez is my go-to when a guest can't make it at the last minute. <laughs> He's great. I literally had nothing else to do. Yeah, I, I've got... Um, I feel like that's a very, is, that's a very uh, putting him in his place kind of thing. You're like... He's, he's my go-to when the other guests, yeah. you know, when it's, the bigger guests can't make it. It's That's exactly how we sell it. <laughs> he and I have a rapport. It makes sense. Uh, this week, I got Mike Figueredo, uh, Figueredo of the Humanist Report. And um, after that, Ravana. And then after that, I remember Ravana. Oh, I should hit her up and see if she wants to go on on Saturday. Shoot, I forget she lives in Chicago sometimes. But I I've got I them don't. lined up through about August. <laughs> I've got guests lined up all the way through August, so I'm ex I'm I'm extending it now. I'm going to start doing it on Wednesdays as well because I I've got so many invitations out there that I'm going to do it twice a week. That's it. As long as you can compete with our show, we're good. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, the we'll only bury time, you if you do. The only time I did a Tuesday stream, and I said the only reason I'm doing it on Tuesday is because these guys aren't doing it because Movie Night Extravaganza took the night off. That's the only that's way right. I'll do a Tuesday. Right. Don't worry. Hell yeah. Respect. We appreciate that. Thank you. And you know, we, and likewise, we, stay we away from Monday by not inviting you until now. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm always available on Tuesday because I'm not doing anything because you guys are. So if if That's you right. need somebody at the last minute, just let me know. I'll watch the movie that day. It doesn't we can. Matter. I mean, look, Conan's going to be going on some. Uh, you know, he's going to have some have some shows on days that we have things. So we could we could. It we has happened and will oh. happen again. Guarantee you. Well, I can yeah. fill in, but I'd be no substitute for that guy. But I will. I like be happy to fill in. He can come on anytime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically speaking, Christina's my understudy, but uh, and, so, you guys uh, are a great crew. Great. I love the dynamics on this show. You're you're being considered for multiple letter hack awards. Hell yeah! Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a real letter hack committee, uh, and then we could be the award winning podcast moving extravaganza exactly the letter, the letter hack award when <laughs> i've got a exactly. i've got a committee of global members they're uh, they're from it. all around the world them. it's awesome i've been on the stream yeah it's real it's real but ultimately it's fake but we take it seriously yeah 
Well, that, that's what uh, well, Sam all you have to have. Get, all you uh, have to do to have an award is to say this is an award. Like exactly, no, I don't yeah. think there's a yeah. qualifier for an Look, award. Like Christina and I ordered a fake a fake Oscar for Katie Byron. You know, like yeah. it doesn't oh, take that much effort. Go. It costs like yeah. nine bucks. I can do that. Yeah. The only yeah. the only fake award is uh fucking participation participation trophy. That's a uh, <laughs> right. awards with yeah. the kids today and their avocado toast. You know, besides that. Everything else is up for is up for grabs. They're, they're all busy twerking. Well, yeah, you know how uh, Sam Cedar sold. Uh, <laughs> catch, uh, me, catch me next week on Bill Maher as I <laughs> saying exactly those things, but earnestly. What's that, Andy? Um, how Sam Cedar sold? Who's the caboose? He uh, created a fake award, gave it to the you know gave it to his own movie, and then you know mm. you're like, hey, it won this award, and everybody's like, oh wow, that's impressive, and you know that's how you know. <laughs> take note. The movie picked up by a distributor. That's that's uh that's amazing. Make sure the award is an octopus statue. Oh, good one. Yeah, it's good. The golden octopus. The golden common octopus? Is that what he said it was? Like like yeah. he was real adamant about it. Well, it's the golden octopi. Hmm. You know? We regret the error. No, I just feel like that I just feel like that's a better name for an award to be like, this is the golden octopi. Pi R does sound impressive. Yeah. This is the golden octopussy. Not as not as good. That no, doesn't sound like a real award. I feel like you may get a suit filed against you for calling it that. But yeah, <laughs> so, yeah it's a James Bond award for octopusy. These plugs have to be know. over at this point, right? Are the plugs over? What's yeah, happening? I I don't even know if their plugs are still going on. What's happening? <laughs> no, I'm done. If you I'm don't done. know, we're really bone. Yeah, I don't have any my channel this thing yet. <laughs> you got You got to have an ending where like we play you off. You're like. Like it goes for too long. It's like no, no, no. It's getting louder and louder. Yeah. Oh, I guess I guess that's my time. They're playing me off. If Andy goes, that's my time while doing the plugs. Sorry, Jack. Well, that's my time, folks. But uh, but Matt, do you have some final thoughts to to contribute to this wonderful uh, you know, this wonderful evening? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. This yeah, thanks for coming on, man. It's been great. Yeah, I've been like trying to kick the door down, begging, <laughs> come on, and you guys finally <laughs> listened, and I'm so thankful. This is so much fun. I would do it anytime. Um, but uh, as far as the film goes, you gotta appreciate a film that um, entertains you and gives you something unexpected, and is also beautiful. And you can watch it for any of those or all of those at once, and it's almost painful that it was subtitled because i wanted to look at stuff so bad so it was really great that that i got to rewatch it kind of knowing what happens already and and understanding the scenes and how they work and being able to just take in the backgrounds and the sceneries because that's a really important aspect of this film 100 percent agree sure i i do really like though that uh that they differentiated between the um between the the like the yellow Korean and yeah, uh, more people got to do that. Like, yeah, yeah, I, like I, I, yeah. The, it's crazy that that doesn't happen more, right? That's crazy. It just but. seems like it makes so much sense, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, and it makes you feel like one thing you're kind of watching is is more uh, like almost golden, right? Like because they have the uh the the, the Korean subtitles are are the uh, white ones, I think, and the Japanese with the yellow. So it's almost like a, that's oh. like the golden language, and then like a class uh, thing, yeah. So I kind of found that interesting too. 
Um, because like just the Korean is just like the white, right? Like it's just like the plain, like the the basic, what everyone's kind of speaking to each other. And then yeah. the other one has, kind of has like some kind of elevation to it. I mean, not like like literally, but like you know, um, color wise, I'd say. Yeah, but uh, but you know, Conan, you got some, uh, you got some final thoughts. Oh wow, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. Okay, cool. I I, 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 I always switch up the order. The order's always. Keep 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 guessing as much as the plot line of this movie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a this is a film that is about um, deception and perception, right? And it, it's there's a lot of stakes here, a lot of intensity building, an astounding amount of revelation. I mentioned the Rashomon effect earlier on. I stand by that. Uh, it is indeed brashly horny. Probably don't watch it with your parents or you know roommate. Uh, but I think it shows love and lies in, a, in ways that will make you think you have it all figured out, and then you find out that you don't. And I also love how it managed to tell the story of the occupation of Korea in the 1930s almost as a sidebar with the blind ambition of trying to be more Japanese as cultural uh, capital. And that's just the backdrop to all these complicated interpersonal dynamics and uh, endless grifting, basically. And then just and then just like slipped in in like two different areas the the whole like British connection. That's like yeah, the fact just, that, that gets referenced like twice. You know what I mean? When everything else is referenced, uh, his desire to be Japanese is is kind of more heavy handed, I think. And right. then on top of that, it's like, well, you know, I went to England, and in England, you know, they teach uh, <laughs> bitches how to paint. So the same. I think the whole thing works because of <laughs> because of the uh, the brilliant twisting and winding story and the genuine stakes you get from the characters, which are very complex and played to perfection by the leads. And it's the sauciest masterwork that uh, that I've I've seen in a while for sure. And I, I it's at this point in time my favorite Park Chan Wook movie. And I'm really glad we covered it. And I'm glad we uh, are using it to kick off uh, the Pride Month. Yeah, and uh, it, it'll be cool to talk about what other movies we have coming up in that after party. But uh, Christina, you have some final thoughts. There's lesbians. They're they're going at it. There's a bell. <laughs> oh, they're all busy. These lesbians. <laughs> um, Ring a ding ding. This is a film that the lesbians should watch, and that's all I'm gonna say. It's it, real girls rock movie. Oh, um, <laughs> that is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Feminism. They win in the end. They win. Yeah. And and the feminism is international too. Yes. Like international lesbian solidarity. Um, <laughs> Andy. I, I loved the fact that this actually was not only a fantastic movie, but like the, like the seventh thing down from like all the other stuff that it is. It also touches on art history, which is, you know, freaking incredible. Right. Um, yeah. So, so, so it got me really excited because how often is Hakusai actually like mentioned in a movie? Um, not very often. Uh, just, just so people know, the man is literally the father of manga. Um, he, he's, he actually had a folio printed called Hakusai's manga, which basically translates into random pictures. Um, and that's really what it was. But he also did, uh, he illustrated books. And, and uh, all of his, his uh, you know, work uh, in total is, is essentially what, uh, you know, uh, helped, you know, was the forebear of what manga, uh, as what, what we know of uh, today, uh, became. So, so uh, that there's a very we, we important... talked about him briefly when we talked about Rand, right? Like we had a conversation yeah, we, we've touched Arne. on him before. Like, like um, yeah. you know, he's he's an important figure in in uh, you know Japanese art history, um, and to to understand his you know uh, you know history of that region too. Uh, so, uh, but but uh, it's so nice that that like 
that's just like a minor thing and like a movie that's doing so many other things um uh that that's you know it makes it makes you want to watch it again uh which which is kind of exciting because you don't always want to rewatch a movie um you know right after you watch it well i think there's Uh, so many movies that that like fail to do one thing well so when you see a movie that does this many things well it's just it's, yeah and that's why the it. fucking bullshit uh letterbox is like is this movie doing too much no yeah. no exactly fuck yeah. you letterbox user yeah that, that that was the uh like <laughs> the, the big yellow wiffle of all bad and the underhanded pitch for us on that one it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew what the answer for that one was gonna be wait i miss i miss when we used to do the thing where it was like well i guess it was just andrea that did this like the couple of times that she came on but like when, when we would just like shame letterbox users that didn't oh yeah yeah she would get real personal about it yeah, yeah <laughs> um but uh we are going to jump to the after party and uh that's right you know it's gonna be a fun time we're gonna, we're gonna have talk the, about some caterwall stuff right we'll talk we'll recount some caterwall experiences we'll yeah. talk about the other movies coming up this month of which there are numerous i don't even know all of them i mean i haven't paid attention either but that's me and uh <laughs> yeah we'll uh we will be over in that zone. Mm-hmm.